to Season 2, Episode 3 of Dogs of 731. I am Shaney Rufel of Petography by Shaney, and today we'll be talking with Dawn Harris of Revelation Gardens out of Camden, Tennessee. I first became aware of Revelation Gardens and the service they provide to the pet community uh, last October, and as soon as I learned what they were all about, I knew they would be something that I would want to bring to my audience. So I hope you enjoy today's show. Uh, before we get started with the show, uh, we'll have a few shout outs to our sponsors and then um, we'll hear from Don Harris. I'd like to take a moment to thank my sponsor, Doubletree by Hilton Jackson. When you think about Doubletree, you might think they only cater to big fancy weddings or plated meals for 100 people, but they also have meeting space for the solopreneur like me. So when you need to book private space without baristas and background noise, while in a public location, not your living room, give Doubletree a call at 731-664-6900. Revelation Gardens. Well, Revelation Gardens is a nonprofit dog and cat sanctuary, and we're located in Camden, Tennessee. Um, we founded uh, the nonprofit component in July of last year, oh. and we our whole premise is that we provide a, a home-like environment for uh, all of our rescues. So what that means is that they um, they listen to soothing music and have nature videos. They have couches and beds, they don't um, hang out in a crate. Uh, I think that's really important, especially for the population that we serve within the rescue world. Okay, so why did you specifically start Revelation Garden? Well, it's um, it's kind of a long history. Uh, I've always had a connection with animals and I have a background in grief and loss. And um, I just decided that um, we had 12 rescues at the time, and I just decided it was time to make it legitimate. And our original focus was dogs and cats that were being surrendered or had already been surrendered or abandoned due to death or disability. Um, Their I, owner's death or disability. Correct, yes. <clears throat> um, so, um, yes, in fact, we found that um, that is a definite need but there's all kinds of animals that um, have needs. They're, they're homeless, abandoned, the shelters are full. So we've actually expanded our vision um, to include a lot of community education so that uh, we get to the underlying reasons that dogs and cats are abandoned and surrendered to begin with. Okay, so you said it expanded past animals, I mean, past dogs and cats. What other type of animals? No, what I mean by that is we focus on dogs and cats, okay. but we're now expanding beyond our original focus of animals that have been surrendered due to owner death or disability. Okay. Because there's just such a need kind of straight across you know, the board. Um, animals from all kinds of backgrounds right. need homes and need love. Yes, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and people don't realize that they don't make those plans uh, for their pets when when they're elderly or they don't think about it. 
Um, it's not one of the things they planned for. Uh, I think that's changing though. I, I see a little bit of a change in the area. So where specifically are you located and what area do you serve? Yeah, we're actually in Camden, mm -hmm. but we serve all of West Tennessee. And in fact, some of our rescues are from Davidson County, uh, Cheatham County, wow. uh, even Williamson County. So we have kind of a far reach, yeah. um, but we are located in West Tennessee. Okay. And you mentioned that you started your nonprofit journey last summer. Um, so what was it before that? <clears throat> well, it started as an online retreat center. Okay. It wasn't specifically for dogs and cats. Um, but when I looked around and started looking at my life, I realized that I was doing it. I was already mm -hmm. um, being a sanctuary. And so I shifted my focus. Um, and what I include in my toolkit for pet owners is an online retreat. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute, I think. But um, so I just took what was happening in my life and I made it legitimate. Okay. Uh, it's so funny how that works sometimes, know, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> exactly. Um, how, how does this service impact the rescues in the area? Well, um, obviously it's helping the animals themselves that are um, residents of Res Revelation Gardens, um, but it also helps um, by providing community outreach and education. Mm -hmm. uh, like I mentioned, I'm looking at counteracting the reasons that pets mm -hmm. are abandoned and abused to begin with. Um, and so it impacts the community that way. And I hope in the future that I'll have um, a, like a product, a packaged toolkit that can actually be disseminated across the United States, okay. that other communities can use it as a blueprint. No, no point in reinventing the wheel for them, right? I mean, right. Um, that's one of the things, the great things about the internet is you can find somebody's model and, and utilize it and build from it. Um, one thing I wanted to ask, what, how is Revelation Garden made up? Is it a board? Is it a group of volunteers? Who makes that up? Yeah, so it's primarily myself and my husband, but we are governed by a seven-member board. Okay. Um, so that includes myself as founder and president, and I'm also secretary. Um, and then we have six other individuals, a treasurer, and then board members. Um, so we are governed. I'm a non-voting member. Okay. Um, but I, uh, I keep it organized and... Um, keep it on track. Exactly, yeah. And, then, and that's one thing with... Um, nonprofits and volunteers. I mean, it's kind of like a business in general. You still have to keep those those uh, guidelines in place to keep keep you on track. <laughs> it's actually very rigorous. Um, there's a lot of uh, regulations and guidelines that we have to follow uh, because we are a nonprofit. Uh -huh. um, and then in addition to that, um, dealing with rescues, uh, you know, it's a very emotional topic, and so people it really get very is. invested yeah. in, in the outcomes. Um, They're very passionate. Mm -hmm. Very so. passionate, exactly. Um, and everybody, I mean, there's no wrong way to operate rescue as long as you're doing what's best for the dog or the cat. I mean, I think that everybody has a different idea, whether it's seniors or puppies or, you know, mama dogs, everybody kind of has their passion. And so you're trying to meet the needs of, of dogs that dogs and cats that are surrendered. You don't have an age limitation on that, do you? No, most of ours are special needs. Okay. But um, like I said in the beginning, our, our primary focus was dogs and cats that 
were surrendered or about mm-hmm. to be surrendered because the owner preventing was them from dying. going to that shelter. Because what happens is oftentimes that when there's a death or somebody goes into long-term care, the animal is surrendered to a shelter. Right. Um, and so that creates overpopulation in the shelter. Um, and you know the whole system is overburdened. Yes. So I thought even though I'm just a small, I can make a small impact, mm-hmm. which still is an impact. Um, but as we got going, um, right at the beginning, most of our rescues were just not specifically to that population. They were just rescues that needed help. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I realized that it's really unsustainable rescues, shelters. Um, in sanctuaries, we just can't keep expanding and expanding to accommodate all of the needs. So we need to look at the underlying reasons. Uh, and a lot of people are already doing that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of spay and neuter information mm-hmm. and organizations and outreach. Um, but I think that there's more to it than that. Obviously, I mean, we know that um, if uh, an animal is being abused, it's not necessarily about you know being spayed or neutered. Right, right. Um, and so, th- what I provide is. Um, some tools for that psychological component, and then I also provide tools for the educational component, as well as providing the home that rescues need. So that that sets us up and leads us right into your community education efforts, which when I was looking on your website, I saw um, the information for Tree of Life Education. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Yeah, so it's a little tiny bit confusing. Um, I started out with Tree of Life Education Center, and then, so that's our overarching uh, organization. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And then under that, I have Revelation Gardens. Okay. Um, and then I also have Reset Your Defaults. Um, but the, the, re- the Revelation Gardens component, um, under that is all of these tools that I utilize for the community education piece. Okay. So it's kind of an umbrella situation um, with a, a DBA, a doing business as. Mm-hmm. And so the community outreach, um, which works with the educational component. I am doing some articles in the local newspaper. Awesome. So some Q&As and just articles. And that's the Camden newspaper? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I post them as blogs. Awesome. Um, Okay, so so you have a blog. Okay. Yeah. Um, They're simple strategies for Mm -hmm. living life well with pets. Okay. And so I just take some of the things that people, some of the barriers that people experience, and I try and provide um, solutions. And I always say I don't have all the answers, right. but I know what's worked for me, and I also do a lot of research, and um, I also really want to hear what other people are experiencing. Um, I want it to be more of a collaboration rather than me just know it all and, you know, here's what I think. It's always a learning experience, isn't it? Yeah, so um, there's the articles, and uh, we also have a meetup at every Sunday morning at one of the local cafes. We meet for conversation. And, uh, and then through referrals and um, just, uh, I guess, various agencies that I am partnering with and I'm trying to develop relationship with, they can refer people to me or I can find them um, through other means. And we do, we engage in resource alignment, uh, which basically means um, whatever the barrier the pet owner is experiencing, we try and align them with some solutions. Okay. Um, I, I, this leads into it as well. I noticed that there were two services on your site that directed, that was directed specifically at current pet odor, owners. Um, and you mentioned the online toolkit earlier. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. So an offshoot from my um, 
retreat center, which I mentioned a minute mm-hmm. ago. Right. Um, I created something that can be um, a simple mechanism for a pet owner that might be experiencing stress either from the pet themselves or from life. Um, and so it just gives some simple strategies for um, for for pausing, for example, or learning how to deal with something that's come up. And so what I do is I, I weave in mindfulness um, and some different tools like art, uh, music, um, movement, some different modalities that are really proven to be effective. And I've combined them, <coughs> excuse me, I've combined them into um, a toolkit. Mm-hmm. And so I have kind of a general uh mechanism that people can use but I really personalize it for each situation um, and so that in essence is what I'm referring to with the toolkit okay I, I checked it out a little bit and it looked really neat uh, I didn't understand is it like a weekend or is it a two-hour program that you do how, how does that work and so for the pet owners, this is kind of a subset of the original online retreat. So the online retreats, um, they can be either um, a couple of hours or they can go to be um, three days or even I have a 12-week program. Wow. That's a reset your <laughs> defaults um, program. But for the pet owner toolkit, I take that and I really simplify it. And so it's something that they can use anytime they want. And it would be like, say, for example, somebody is um, in a situation where um, they just are stressed out with life. They just have too many things going on. And so they choose the rejuvenation toolkit. Mm -hmm. And so that would just simply be a way for them to take um, maybe half an hour out of their day and they can watch some calming, soothing nature videos along with some prompts to journal write or they can um, do some journal writing and then some movement that can maybe help them understand what they're angry about or what they're stressed out about. And then they can go into uh, maybe some music. So again, it's really personalized. Um, and so I, I would talk with the person and find out what their what their their strengths are and what their struggles are and what experiencing their, what stress um, triggers they're having right now right, right. and then I would develop something based on what I already have in place that would work with their situation um, so basically it's just uh, it's all online and it's things that stand alone are really simple and people have access to every day but I've brought them together so that it's um, it's already in place and it can really help them to soothe their um, their stress and their, their and you struggles. may not realize watching the video the effects that it can have I mean there's all kinds of videos on YouTube or whatever but they don't go into okay this is what's triggering your stress and this is how this video is going to help bring that back down and this movement will help trigger this in your body so it's kind of a package deal with what you're doing. Yeah, and you don't even have to know. Um, So what happens in the brain, um, for example, is when you're in a stressful situation, it releases neurochemicals that are that fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. And what the pausing would do, um, or watching a nature video, or even moving, listening to music, any of the the different um, mechanisms, they help your brain to start producing the calming chemicals. Okay. So it's just that pause that could be really effective. 
Um, and again, it really depends on the individual. Perfect. And I provide some instruction first. <clears throat> but um, the videos and the package isn't necessarily narrated. What it is is it's a personalized toolkit. So um, if you find that m music is really effective, then that would be a, a big part of your program. And so I would just pull oh. some all of these different proven effective tools to give you a toolkit so that when you're finding life to be overwhelming or stressful, you can turn to that as a way to um, to kind of get back to, to center and, okay. and to be grounded. Okay. Um, the second service that I noticed was the Pet Hope Service. So walk us through that. What is that service and, and how that works? I actually brought one. Um, so Pet Hope, it's a medallion and the pet owner would wear it either as a, um, a dog tag necklace or as um, a keychain. Okay. And if, hopefully this would never occur, but if there was ever an accident, um, the EMS personnel would see this, they would text the number on it, and then I would convey the pet care directives that I have on file. So it's, it's a process where um, an individual would purchase a medallion, then they would activate it, and all of the instructors are in the brochure, mm -hmm. but they would activate it, and then they would um, submit their pet care directives. And it could be something as simple as just a contact name and number for um, who would care for their pet, or it could be more involved, um, and I could actually house information about um, you know, where the, um, the food is, where a key is, uh, where financial information is, or who actually to transport the pet to. Um, and some people actually would want, uh, I've had people want to actually have their pet come to us when they do die. So that would be a kind of a more in-depth piece to this right. whole puzzle. Um, so it's, it's a mechanism for people to be safeguarded if they're in an accident. And I've spoken with EMS personnel and they've told me that um, at the scene of an accident, um, sometimes pets are actually in the vehicle, for example, and they get loose at the scene. Oh, yeah. And so part of what we, the information we, we contain in this directive is pet names, so that they would then know the pet's names at the scene and they could call them back. Um, we also would provide um, the EMS personnel with the individual's information, like their blood type and if they have allergies. Oh. So it's kind of a full, uh, full service, I guess you could say. Right, right. And um, we also work with EMS, so they're familiar with the medallion and they know what information they'll be getting. So um, again, it's providing a safeguard for the pet owner and the pets themselves so that they're not gonna be left at home right. and in the, when their owner is in the hospital and can't communicate. Uh, and then we also go a step <coughs> further and communicate with EMS personnel so that we know that they're getting the information that is most important for them at the scene. Right, and so that doesn't have to be in Camden. That can be anywhere because it's text-based. Yes, <coughs> it's absolutely, it's nationwide. And um, so they would purchase the medallion and they can update their information anytime. And um, 
so it's just a it's a lifetime product. That's awesome. I think of that movie with Sandra Bullock um, while you were sleeping, mm-hmm. and she's they're like he has a cat, and the poor kitty's been at his house while he's in the hospital, and they had to go and feed the kitty at his apartment. And I always wonder how would you set that up. So this is a great opportunity if, for somebody. That's a perfect example. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you know if you're single in the area and you don't have family, this might be a great opportunity. If you're uh, elderly in the area and you don't have a lot of family in this area, you know you you don't want your cat waiting three days for somebody to to come to your apartment. I think this is um, a good good program that you have here. I don't know that I've heard of it anywhere in this area. Do you know any other? There's something that's somewhat similar. It's a wallet <coughs> card. Um, and I think that, that that's good. Um, I think this is better because one, it looks nicer. Like um, you can update it any time. You don't have to purchase another product or yeah. another wallet card or that sort of thing. It's also interactive. Yeah. And we also work with EMS personnel. So it's a full. full so have card. you had this, um, have, has anybody utilized this? I do have a few people. Um, again, the past six months when we became mm-hmm. official has been um, laying the foundation. Right, so there's right. a lot of program development and all of that is in place. I'm still working on some things and creating um, kind of some off shoots of, of the original program. But so now is um, marketing and getting the word out right. there and um, developing a volunteer base right. and making partnerships. So that's kind of the second phase of where we're at now. Making progress. Um, yeah. Someone. All while taking care of our rescues. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> How many pets, Dawn, do you have in your care right now? Uh, we have 20 rescues right now. Okay. Um, and so we have four dogs, and um, actually we have, yeah, four dogs. I <laughs> think about that for a second. <laughs> and 16 cats. We just took on another one. Um, and so most of those are special needs. We do have a few seniors. Right. Um, we have a few kittens. Um, Kitten so. season is coming. Yeah, you know, it's so important to spay and neuter. Uh, it's it just, really is. There's just so much overpopulation, and uh, and the shelters and the rescues and the sanctuaries become overburdened, and yeah. uh, so it is definitely coming up on kitten season. <laughs> um, what kind of support do you receive from the community in that aspect? Do you have volunteers, donations, fundraisers? Mm-hmm. So uh, we have had quite a few donations. Our mm-hmm. first six months, um, our expenses were um, over twelve grand, and we brought in about four grand in donations. Um, so that was really beneficial. We hope to obviously um, have more donations than uh, our expenses, so that we can expand and put it back into our our facility and have even more room. Um, I'm working on developing a volunteer base, uh, a program, Uh, so that's in the works now, and I do have the board, and they've been extremely uh, helpful in a lot of ways um, with their expertise in um, providing um, donations and guidance. And then the community has been great. I have a lot of um, products out there. Part of what I've done is um, developed a lot of different avenues for revenue to come in. Right. So there's there's things like Facebook donations, mm-hmm. uh, but then I also have products. Uh, we did a calendar, and then of course the Pet Hope product. We have the online adoptions. We have the uh, I mean um, the the virtual adoptions and the um, 
the toolkits, which are free, but we also have the retreat center that people could do something a little bit more extensive than just the toolkit. Um, and then we have, I just opened up uh, Antique Mall booth at the Carriage House Antique Mall and Cafe. Oh, okay, okay. So people have donated items and all of that goes back to funding the care of the rescues. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways that you can um, raise money without, um, you know, just doing the make a donation. I mean, you can donate items to be sold and and people don't think about that. So spring cleaning time is coming. So think of Dawn. She's yeah, got a booth. Absolutely. That, that mm -hmm. would be great. We've had some folks that are artists donate some of their art, which is wonderful. And all of that is at the Antique Mall okay. uh, Carriage House. Um, and then I have a new item. It's called an in memoriam. And mm -hmm. so if somebody has lost a pet and somebody else wants to honor them, they can actually make a donation and we create a web page for that pet. Oh. So it could be um, slideshow, um, sayings, um, thoughts. That's um, beautiful. All sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. So there's a lot of different ways that people can um, assist. We also are on Amazon Smile. Okay. So if they make purchases on Amazon, they can choose Tree of Life Education Center. Okay. And that will come back to us. Um, we also, we just started a program where people can donate uh, a car, RV, or boat for auction. Okay. And um, that's donateforcharity.com and it would be Revelation Gardens, and that would come back to us as well. Mm -hmm. So all of this is on our website, um, so if somebody wanted more information, they could go to revelation-gardens.org okay. and find out more information. Um, and I'll put that website address in the show notes. Wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, so lots of ways that people can get involved. <laughs> Uh, so you mentioned the virtual adoptions, and I am so intrigued by this. So tell us about that. Walk us through that. Yeah. So um, research shows that people are online um, almost all of the time. And a lot of people are very busy, and some people have pet allergies. And so this is just a way that people can experience um, that soothing component of being a pet owner without all of the responsibility um, they don't have to scoop poop or, um, you know, um, do you take the hair off of their clothes, that sort of thing. So um, it's a way to support the rescues and also receive benefit by watching videos of the pets. And check and, on them mm -hmm. and have a sense of purpose. And exactly. It's not just going to a name. So like the title Revelation Gardens, it's going to Spot, who's in the kitchen right now you know and so you have video feed footage of them or I don't have a video feed but um, what we do is I send um, clips mm -hmm. and people it depends on the interest level and what people actually want because you had different levels right um, there's not different levels of adoption but okay. there's different levels of what the product would be for the people okay um, so I, I personalize it so if somebody is interested in FaceTiming or doing some sort of a, a interactive thing like that, then we could definitely do that. Some people just want to see a video that is um, uplifting or funny, right. um, and that's all they really want. Um, some people, we um, I haven't actually done this yet, but my intention is to create some pet art, art that the, ac the pets actually yeah. create. So that would be something that they could receive as well. Um, so it's a package deal, and it could be um, more intensive or less intensive, depending on what the person wants. Right, right. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love that idea of pet art. Um, 
I haven't gotten my dog to do any art yet, but it's <laughs> on my list. I did, they did it at a um, an event uh, in I think it was two years ago in October. They had a dog event downtown, and there was somebody there doing dog footprints and making it into the flowers. Mm-hmm. And it it was neat. I put it on my list. <laughs> um, so, Dawn, where do your residents typically come from? Do you pull from shelters? Um, do people contact you directly? Rescues contact you? How does that How does that work? How did your your rescues come to you? Uh, lots of different ways. Um, the last two that we've taken in have actually been um, from my veterinarian. Oh. So our veterinarian uh, has called and said that um, we actually we haven't gotten our newest one yet. He's still at the vet, but um, his owner died. Mm-hmm. And the person that had him, um, he has some medical issues, and um, they didn't want to deal with it or couldn't. Yeah. And so they were going to put him down. Mm. And so we are taking him. Um, and so it's vet referral. It can also be um, rescue or from the shelter. We've had we've taken some from shelters, and we've also had some from individuals. Um, and then um, we've had some that were actually. Uh, found and then brought to us so it's just a kind of a lot of a lot of different ways Mm -hmm. Uh, where do you see revelation garden in three to five years dawn well my uh, my vision is to expand to have a uh, i would like to use a modular home to place that on our property um, and I choose a modular home because it's nearly move-in ready. Right. And it could be movable if, uh, for whatever reason, the nonprofit ended up changing hands. Right. So it just kind of made sense to me. But I would like to have that so that we can have more, uh, more space for the rescues. All of them currently are in our residence. Uh, so it's, it's getting a little chaotic. Right. <laughs> so um, more of a brick-and-mortar storefront type um building designated for the Revelation Garden. Yeah, I would like to have um, more space for uh, more animals that people actually can um, put in their will or they can set up in advance. They know that they're passing, perhaps they're on hospice and they um, they have some pets, they want them to come to us. So we could have, and I'm calling it pet pet house, what am I calling it? Hope housing. Hope housing. <laughs> All these hopes. I get confused. No, it's called um, hope housing. And so the idea would be to, to house even more um, pets in need, specifically from owners that are passing on. Um, and I also envision having uh, that blueprint that I mentioned earlier that could be utilized by other communities. And so it would include um, the mechanism of outreach, which I think is really important. So my hope would be that this, um, these toolkits and the whole um, package of how we address the underlying causes of pet abuse and abandonment and surrender, um, that that would be available for other communities. I think it's really important to approach it from kind of a peer-to-peer level as opposed to an authoritarian, you know, This I is know what more. you need to exactly. do. Exactly. Um, because... I mean, think about it. What would you be more open to? Somebody talking with you and finding out what, you know, how how you could be supported? Or somebody saying, you know, you're a bad person, you're not treating your dog right. Right. So um, I really, I mean, it's difficult not to judge somebody when they're, they're not doing the right things. Um, 
but I think it's more helpful to keep pets in their home and provide pet owners with the tools that they need. And sometimes it is just an educational. I totally agree. Um, you know, they some people think it's totally okay to have a dog tied out in their backyard, and that's just the way they were raised. And you know, they've always had dogs out and lived in the backyard, uh, tied to a tree. And that's not how I was raised. But you know, I know that that's not a good quality of life for dogs. So sometimes it's just an educational. Um, you know, people say, well, dogs were, were born to be outside in the cold, but that's not necessarily true. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think it's really important to pull apart um, belief systems. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's true evil out there. And there so is. There's, you know, you kind of have to put that aside. And then you look at, you know, is it resources? Do they, do they not have enough money to feed their family and their pets? Right. How can we help with that? Is it, you know, is it breed information? Do they not realize what their this specific breed would need? Right. Um, is it, um, you know, I mean, there's just so much. Is it just information that they need? Is it support? Um, are they stressed out with life? And that's where the toolkits come in. Or is it something they need a support system? That's where the meetup comes in. Right. So it's looking at it from a holistic perspective and providing um, resource alignment is what I like to call it. Okay. So again, having that available for other communities to kind of follow suit um, is what I hope for. Awesome. Um, how can people find out more about Revelation Garden? Mm -hmm. Well, we have a Facebook page, so they can go on Facebook. Uh, and that's uh, Revelation Gardens. The email is revelation.gardens at okay. gmail.com. And so often that's how you find organizations on Facebook is, is through email. Um, and then we also have our website, which is revelation-gardens.org. And that's where most of the information is. Facebook refers back to the website and the programming, but all of it is on the website. Perfect, perfect. So you brought a calendar with you. Are they still available? They are. Um, you can find them at a few local uh, places. They're at the R&J Supply. Out uh, south? Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's some in Camden. They're at uh, Dr. Pascal's office. And they're, the Pet Hope are in a few more locations. Um, and they're available on the website, and I can always meet somebody or deliver or even mail them. So. Okay. And you don't? Do you have these at the booth at Carriage House? I will today. Yes. Okay. Perfect. And who created this? Did you create this? This uh, is beautiful. Yeah. I I developed it, but um, UPS printed it. Okay. So the UPS store on. Uh, um, Are Van these? Drive. Are these uh, residents at Revelation Garden? These are all of our rescues. We have additional rescues that aren't in the calendar, but these are uh, rescues. I love this tuxedo cat. Isn't she beautiful? That's Princess. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen one with a black nose. Usually they're pink, aren't they? Mm. Hmm. I'm going to fall in love with all your rescues. Uh, well, that's awesome, Dawn. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I think that um, what the work that you're doing is very beneficial to our, our area, and I hope that our listeners get some benefit from hearing your story and, and what you have to offer and um, that they uh, look you up online. And if they have any questions, I'd be happy to include that in my Q&A column. Um, okay. Your blog? <laughs> The blog and also in the Camden Chronicle. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Um, do you have anything else to add, Dawn? 
I'm just really excited about this work. I mean, it is, um, it's a lot of uh, heartache sometimes, but it's also really wonderful to see uh, a rescue turn around and start trusting and um, feeling safe. So yeah. it's really worth it. And I would love to hear from anybody that um, would like information or wants to get involved. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show, and we appreciate it and look forward to what you're going to be doing over the, the next few years and keep in touch with that. Well, thanks for having me. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Dogs of 731. Um, I want to end the show with a couple of things. First of all, if you really enjoyed the show, I hope you like it and share it with your friends so that the show can grow. Second of all, if there's somebody that you think would be a good guest for the show, please give me a um, reach out. Either uh, reach me on Facebook under Petography by Shaney. Um, you can message me there uh, and let me know who you might think would be a good um, uh, guest. Or if you don't know a specific guest but there's a topic you want to hear, I would love to hear that too. I appreciate you listening to Dogs of 731. And I look forward to next week's episode uh, with um, Christy Phillips of Pause to uh, Remember. Have a good week.